Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. All right, good morning, church. So my name is Eric Ham. I do know a lot of you. And maybe something you don't know is a lot of my best friends from the past Call me Hambone. So I give you that permission to call me that. So this morning, what I'm excited to talk to you about is something that's been a theme for our church the past few years, which is uncapping the various wells that we had seen demonstrated by the Moravians that they had uncapped successfully in their time. And of course, our ultimate goal is not to, well, we wanna be like the Moravians. We wanna be like Jesus And like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So in that sense, what we saw them do, that can be a motivation, that can be an encouragement to us. So specifically this morning, the well I'm gonna be talking about is the well of prayer. Now, does anybody know or remember what are the other two wells? Very good, so the other one is a well of worship and the well of outreach or the well of evangelism. And I'll just tell you personally, that well of outreach, those are the waters that I like to swim in the best, personally. Because, And I think it's because when I was six years old, I was actually living in a house where there was drugs, there was alcohol, there was just a lot of, you know, we actually, there was like ghosts in the house that was this like terrifying experience, which, you know, obviously as believers, we know is a demonic thing. But my little cousin, who was eight years old, had a sleepover at my grandma's. She actually just very naturally shared the gospel with me. And for about the next year of my life, I had the spirit of the fear of the Lord, like, fell upon me. Like, literally, I went back to that house with this, I mean, daily thing that I needed to be redeemed. And it was only through God and Jesus. I didn't know about the cross, but I just knew she told that story and the Holy Spirit came upon me, and then I ended up getting adopted by that family, and it was a powerful, life-changing thing. Another brief thing on that, 85% of new conversions to Christianity are a result of people having a power encounter with God or with the Holy Spirit. So the uh, power encounter I had in my 20s, this time it was a guy who was nearly 80 years old had ministered to me healing and did discipleship because I had gotten really sick with multiple sclerosis. And he started introducing me to a Jesus that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's kind of cool just to look at the Ramseys here shaking their head. I just saw you. They were actually with me at like my low point at the last church where, you know, neighbors were having to carry in my groceries, starting to use electric wheelchair and stuff. But Jehovah Rapha, The Lord who heals, I'm actually about five and a half years now, totally off medication. (laughs) Yes. So I share that briefly to say, if God can speak through an eight-year-old child to change somebody's life for the gospel, if he can speak through an 80-year-old person to change a young person's life for a gospel, and actually, if God is willing to speak through a humble and a submissive donkey, you know, through Balaam, you know, who are any of us 
to think that God can't speak through us or can't, you know, move through us. So when we uncap that well of prayer, at least what we saw demonstrated with the Moravians, that is when we started seeing that outreach abound and we started seeing that willingness of them to go to all the different countries and amazing places in the world. Now, the first scripture I wanted to talk about, and actually even before we put it up there, I'll just say with the uh, uncapping the well of prayer. So what we're going to be sharing in just a little bit and kind of rolling out in the 30 years or so now that I've gone to church, I have never had the opportunity to do what Awake Church is going to be doing this month. And it's like a really cool thing. So I'm, I'll just say I'm excited to share it with you. Are you guys excited to hear what the new idea is? Okay. Okay. We'll just take it easy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll say to my, my wife and my best friend, Joy, is if you want to get the banana, you have to swing with the monkey. <laughs> okay. So we're going to get there. So the first, uh, the scripture is actually Proverbs 1320. And kind of the cool thing with this, for years in my life, this scripture spoke one way to me, but in recent years, God just took it to a whole deeper level, okay? And what that scripture is, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, okay? And then the companion of fools will suffer harm. So Mark Twain had a saying that was kind of similar to this. He said, some men are wise and some otherwise, okay? So... (laughs) But in walking with the wise, I did want to mention too, so um, one of the highlights of my week really for the past seven years has been coming to the men's group here, which is the Forge. And there's men in there who for decades have followed the Lord, who there's men in there who have been missionaries, who literally have been kidnapped and tortured. We have men in there who have been evangelists in Africa and had you know, stories of Muslims that were mocking him as they were preaching. Then God does a mighty miracle and it totally silenced the mockers. So there's just different guys. We have guys who have been cops, guys who've served in the military and just different things that um, these guys have said in wisdom that stuck with me. So one, uh, Dave Miller, he was in the military and some of us younger guys, we always joke that we want to make t-shirts with some of the quips that Dave says. So you know, one of the classics he said is, he's got blue jeans that are older than we are. <laughs> yeah, that's one. But he actually, he had a sergeant, and a quote from that sergeant has changed my life with the business that I do and things. But the sergeant said, I hate excuses. And then he said, I don't even like reasons. So in other words, it's like, hey, if you're supposed to do something, you find the reason to get that done. Don't come up with an excuse and don't let a reason stand in the way of that. So, and the other very exciting thing is Friday, October 6th, we're going to be having our first men's night at the church, okay? So they're going to be having a little barbecue, little barbecue, little Richard's barbecue. It'll be a lot of barbecue, (laughs) Jehovah Jireh, it'll be good. (laughs) But actually, uh, Rodney Ricker's son is going to be coming, who's just on fire for the Lord, and it's really going to be a call to men to take our step, to, to step up into our roles in our families, in our marriages, and in society. Because so I believe it was Mother Teresa said, if men in a society, if they don't know what their role is, you're really gonna see a society that's in decline because the men are out of the picture. 
So that's a really exciting thing we have coming up. So we definitely want to invite uh, any of the men from here. And if you know anybody else who would like to come, it would be great. Okay, so with this idea of he who walks with the wise grows wise. So the first degree that I ever saw that was walking with wise men, because the people you surround yourself with, that's going to be the people that you think like, that you become like, that you work through situations with. And wise fathers do help beget wise sons. Most of the time, <laughs> statistically, that you know, tends to be. And so I actually just had a brief illustration of that. So there was an old man who used to sit on top of a hill, and he was known for his wisdom, and he could overlook the city. Well, one day a traveler came by, and the traveler asked him, he said, hey, I'm leaving by, I'm just, you know, I'm leaving my last city. I'm contemplating, should I live in this city? What? He said, would you tell me? He asked the old man, what are the, old, what are the people like in that city? And so the old man thought about that, and he said to the traveler, well, what were the people like in your last city? And he said, they were terrible. You couldn't trust anybody. You always had to look over behind your back. See, the old man said, well, I've got to tell you, that's what the men are like in this city. So the guy said, thank you. And he moved on. The next traveler kind of came up a little while later and he said, hey, I'm looking for a new city. What is your city like? And the old man said, well, what was your last city like? And he said, People were kind, they were gracious, they were generous. You could count on them to come through for you. And the old man said, well, that's just like what the people are like in this city. So kind of the illustration that's showing there. Remember, Jesus said, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Because the perception that we you know, look at the world through, that's often, that's how we're gonna see it. So um, it's important not to allow that perception within you to be darkness. Because remember, it says to the pure, all things are pure. But to the depraved, all things are depraved. And I think I heard somebody say one time is what you see is what you be. And then also, if you spot it, you got it. <laughs> so if God shows you a sin in somebody's life, he's usually showing that so that you can become an intercessor for them and have compassion not in order that you can look down or be frustrated with them or not even want to be around that person, okay? So that man had a son who actually got thrown into prison. I'm talking about the, uh, the wise old man. His son got thrown into prison. And the old man wrote him a letter and he said, son, I'm really concerned. You always help me row to till my garden. And, you know, I really count on that food, but the ground is so hard, I can't do it by myself. So he sent that letter to him. Well, the son wrote back almost immediately, Dad, don't mess with the garden this year. That's, that's where I hid. That's where I buried the evidence. Well, of course, within a little bit, then the detectives, all these people showed up and they dug up every square inch of that garden. And so the father wrote back. He said, you know they read everything that goes in and out of jail. Why would you tell me? And the son wrote back and he said, Dad, I couldn't row to tell it but at least they did for you. <laughs> so the Lord always has creative solutions for us. And when we get in, that's what happens. So wise men, you know, we walk with wise men and you become wise. But what occurred to me is Adam and Eve, the whole way, reason God created them in the garden was so that they could walk with him and enjoy fellowship with him. So 
who better, who wiser for us to walk with on a daily basis and at any time than manifest wisdom itself, which is God. So that's where I want to say when we pray, we're walking with wisdom himself and he who walks with the wise becomes like the wise. So do you recall um, in one of the Psalms that talks about the Israelites, they were making these idols and it said they became like the gods that they worshiped. So obviously that's demonstrated in a negative way, but it's a principle that's true. We become like the God that we worship. So when we become, I mean, when we worship God, when we meditate on him, when we magnify his word, Psalm 138 says, above all his name, they became like the gods that they worshiped. We become like the God that we worship. And if you remember from Ephesians 5.1, it says, be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. So one of the results that's gonna happen in our life as we increase and as we grow in prayer is we're gonna become more like our father. We're gonna take on his character. We're gonna be able to show that and shine that in the world. So remember, Jesus said, I do nothing unless my father shows it to me. Well, God guides us with his eye and that's one of the things we can start getting glimpses of what God has for us in prayer. So we're gonna talk about the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So when we pray, there's such a thing as flat prayer, and then there's such a thing as fervent prayer, which uh, my buddy Todd actually looked that word up and he sent this to me. It's like red, hot, glowing there is an increased effectiveness when our prayer to God is that fervent prayer. And I even thought in the natural, um, so, you know, my wife Joy and I are blessed with three kids under three years old right now, which, you know, we tried for seven years and then <laughs> God bless us with that. But <laughs> he did, he did. <laughs> so, but it's even interesting just to see it in the natural one of my children wakes up from a nap, just kind of quietly singing, playing. So it's like, if I'm in the middle of something, I'm like, okay, I can hold it. You know, I can wait a minute to go take care of this. The other one goes up, puts her mouth right by the crack of the door and starts, daddy, you know, mom, like she's, there's this fervency that's like, whoa, I'm gonna actually spring to action. So I think that's sort of an interesting illustration, even in the natural, what that looks like. And Actually, even in the apartment that I used to live at, it was actually the handicap apartment. And when my health turned around, we started doing a Friday night worship club there. So, you know, of course, with all the parents, we got waivers signed and the kids knew that they could come over during the week and stay out in the hallway, but get a snack if they wanted one. And we would always make them share a scripture as man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God as we pass out these snacks. Well, Sometimes they come over and, you know, if it just so happened the chance to try to sneak in a siesta that day, it's like, okay, not answering the door. They'll come back a little bit later and, you know, they're pounding on the door, knocking on the windows and stuff. And it's like, you could kind of ignore it for so long, but there was one thing that they would do that was like, okay, I can't ignore that. And actually they'd start, they'd start calling out my name, Mr. Eric, you know, I'm hungry. And it's like, when you hear that, when I heard him call my name, there was something that I think God feels 
too when we call out his name, whether it's in prayer or whatever it is, but it does draw, I think, an increased response from God when we cry out his name. And when we pray with fervency, I think it shows maybe a little more importance that is there with us. Okay, and the next scripture we're going to talk about is uh, the Psalm uh, 55 one with the uh, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud. So that's that fervency and he shall hear my voice. So when we pray, you know, actually in the Jewish culture, yes, amen, they do have three set times a day. Now they do it kind of like a stone, you know, like they have to do it, but we do get that opportunity uh, like them. If it takes three meals a day, then we really ought to go for three spiritual meals a day. And um, Martin Luther he actually had kind of a famous quote. I think it was either Martin Luther or Spurgeon that said, I have so much work to do today that I'm gonna need to do three hours of prayer in order to get it all accomplished. Because there is something with increased prayer, it does increase our productivity and it does increase our efficiency. And kind of at the beginning of this, when I knew I was gonna be talking about prayer, uncapping the well of prayers, I, one of the first things I wanted to do was talk to my favorite person to talk to about the Bible to get their perspective, which is my wife, Joy Ham. And she actually, she has a very rich heritage of being brought up. She was just sharing with me recently, going to camp meetings, some of the different outpouring. You know, her family's amazing family, loves the Holy Spirit. It's never been ashamed of that. And she said, it's interesting to think of our perspective on prayer is you know, spending time with God, is talking with him, which of course it is, having fellowship with him. But what is heaven's perspective on prayer? Like what is God's perspective on prayer? And we see in the book of Revelations, it's like in heaven, prayer is coming up like a sweet smelling aroma or an incense that is pleasing to God. So there is something in the spiritual realm that when we're spending that time in prayer, it is being lifted up. It is actually affecting heaven and that incense being lifted up to him um, as something that we can do with our prayer. And the next scripture I'd like to share and talk about is the one um, that, that talks about um, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in all situations, give thanks for this is the will of God and Jesus Christ for you. So that perspective of praying without ceasing, so that is something we're called to do, that we can be driving down the road, that we can be um, working, we can be washing dishes, like Brother Lawrence talks about um, practicing the presence of God, having this mindfulness of him. And that's we're all called to that. That is a, a discipline. That is a practice that we walk in and that we grow in. But we also see from Jesus's example, that's not the only kind of way that we pray. That's not the, that's not the only way of praying. That's, you know, you think to everything, there's a bottom-up approach and there's a top-down approach. Well, one way is that we're constantly thinking of God and communicating with him. But the other way that we do see demonstrated by Jesus is where he did get away and separate himself from the distractions, where he did get away from everything else. 
we see Jesus sacrificing even sleep in his own life. Think of that busy schedule he had going, but he would go an entire night without prayer, or I'm sorry, without sleep in order that he could pray and get God's heart and get God's vision on something. And there's actually an expression known as praying through. It's like when you need an answer or you're needing a revelation or insight on something, you don't come out of the prayer closet until God has revealed that to you. And you know when it is because all of a sudden, if you've been dealing with heaviness or just so there was confusion on a matter, well, when you continue to pray, that is something that's very helpful for God to show us his heart and to show us his plans and his strategies on something. So also Paul talks about, I pray with my spirit and I pray with my understanding. I sing with my spirit and I sing with my understanding. So if you've ever launched into, hey, I'm gonna do a full hour of prayer or even do a few hours of prayer or something like that, it can be pretty difficult and pretty challenged to just try to be praying with your mind that entire time. It is so powerful and effective and enjoyable to engage that prayer in the spirit and singing in the spirit. And then often God will show you something, an idea that you then get to dec decree or declare in that moment. And like Job says, first decree a thing and then it will be established. So, you know, it talks about when praying in tongues, if a man prays in a tongue, let him pray that he also interprets. So there's discussion. Sometimes that means you're praying in a tongue and you're the same one to interpret. Or sometimes you're praying in a tongue and somebody else gets to interpret. So we can't just squeeze God in a little box of how he does things. There is something powerful coming, even from you having interpretation from your own praying in the Holy Spirit. So wherever you're at in that praying in the Holy Spirit, I just wanna encourage you to push in to the next level because when we don't know how to pray as we ought to, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So that's like an awesome gift and a powerful gift that God gives us in the Holy Spirit uh, to be able to pray that way. Okay, and I think too, we can go ahead and do our next scripture up there. Actually, I just learned a good trick. It's back here, but it's also up here too, so <laughs> I'm gonna use that better. Okay, so 1 John 3.21, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Okay, so how do we know what God's will or how can we have confidence that we're asking God according to his will? Well, Jesus made it really clear for us. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you desire and it will be given to you. Okay, so that is one of the ways we can have confidence towards God so that we know if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, then we know that he's gonna answer that request that we've had of him. Okay, and then we can do the next one, please. First John 5, 14 and 15. And we know that he hears us whatever we ask. We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Okay, so 
Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and kind of launch into now, how are we taking this plan to uncap the well of prayer? And I'll just say a cool thing since I've been at Awake for you know almost seven years now, there have been teams who have faithfully met week in and week out, getting together, pressing in in prayer, who walk in a revelation of the desire and the delight in prayer, but also in what can be the discipline to do it, even if you don't feel like it. So in that way, we have people that are walking in that. But when Pastor Matt talked just a couple years ago about this idea of uncapping the wells of, you know, the different, the Moravians in these different ways, I've had a friend who almost, I would say monthly, has been like a holy obsession with, we've got to do this. The men have got to start this. You know, there's got to be, to where he literally printed out paper with time slots and said, that's it. We just, everybody needs to sign in that way. Well, as we started kind of thinking about that, praying about that, we actually found a software online that all you do is click on the link and it shows you the hours. You don't need a username. You don't need a password. You just click on it. So right now, kind of the unofficial unrolling or uh, unveiling, I guess. So we're launching into what we're calling the September 24-7 prayer initiative. Okay, so what that's going to be, many hands make light work. You have you heard of that? So, and uh, we've actually, I talked to one guy, he's planning on doing multiple hours during the night because he's a truck driver. So he's, you know, available in those time. He loves to pray anyways. Um, but with this uh, software that we purchased um, in just a minute, it's actually the best part's coming up in just a minute because my brother Mitch, who's a fire starter, is going to come up here with a word of exhortation and encouragement. So just get ready for that. Okay, but there's, they're going to, not quite yet, but they're going to put a QR code up on the screen. So you literally can take your phone out, pull your camera out, point at it, and it will pull that website up. Also, uh, Todd, he's my buddy who's the one that's been really on fire for this idea of 24-7 for 24-7 prayer for the church. He's going to be out at one of the welcome tables. So if you have any issues, if you have any questions, uh, working the video. Oh, and actually, he put together an instructional video this week. So we're going to be watching that too um, right after Mitch does this uh, exhortation. Um, so this is kind of the way we've talked about, dreamed about, envisioned that we as a church can cover 24 hours a day, seven days a week of prayer. We're going to be doing that for the month of September. And who remembers when you uncap the well of prayer, what else starts flowing and being uncapped as a result of that? The worship, and worship's going here well too. Outreach, that starts getting uncapped as well. So I want to put this out there as an encouragement. One, as something I've never gotten to be a part of, I am so excited to see what is God going to do as a result of this? I mean, we all pray faithfully and kind of, you know, uh, individually probably, you know, in our different or together in small groups, but coming together collectively to making sure that all these hours are covered. I think there's going to be, we're going to see something that we've never seen before. We're going to experience something we've never experienced before. And it's not just going to be inside these four walls. 
You know, uh, my buddy Mike and I took some donuts over to the ABC store the other day because we wanted to share the gospel with them, ask them how we could pray with them. And we just so happened to be there at the same time that their area uh, superintendent or uh, director was. And she said, oh, you guys are with that church. She said, you would not believe how many people are coming in here, you know, to buy alcohol. And they're asking us, what kind of church is that? What denomination are they? Like, what does that triangle stand for? Which I found out is kind of like a fancy A. There's, it's, it's just kind of like stands for awake church and it demonstrates the, you know, three sides of God's triunity. But these are questions they have. And now with that feedback, we're actually getting uh, some like business cards or something that we printed out that we can have over there. The harvest is plentiful. And the workers, Jesus said, are few. Well, let's give Jesus honor. Let's give him praise by stepping first into this prayer and then being obedient to be imitators of God, to step out in healing, to step out in a prophetic word, to step out with a word of encouragement, to step out and boldly share the gospel because we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of God to those who believe. And you know what Mike said this morning? I'm not just a believer in God. I'm a knower of God. It's not just simply belief or faith. It's like a knowing that comes from that. So brother Mitch, you'll please come up. Hey, we can give this man of God a round of applause. He's changed my life, my family's life. Good morning, Awake. Whoo, glory to God. Maybe, let me ask a question first. How many people in here noticed there's a difference in the level of the anointing since we moved out of the old building into the new building? And I believe it started when we had the outside services. Things, something began to click. Not something, but we know what that something is, the Holy Spirit. Since we've been in the new building, there's been an awesome increase in the anointing. Uh, Holy Spirit, help me out here. Uh, I've done a little bit of that hourly prayer and midnight prayer, and you want to get close to God, seek his face. When you get in the presence of God, sooner or later, you start looking like, walking like, acting like, talking like God. And the, the best church you can go to is not to hear a sermon, or the best sermon you can go to is, is to see one. I came in here a little over eight years ago in the old building looking for a new church. And uh, I won't call them out, but a couple, two, a, a married couple in here, when I looked at them, I saw Jesus. Ooh, glory. He bah. Ah, Lord. Oh, glory. When, when you go in God's house, you'll see God, feel God, hear God. This is God's house, right? So when people come in here, they ought to see God, hear God, feel God. Uh, somebody mentioned that we ought to pray that ABC store closed sometime back. And I got to thinking about that. So I used to arrest people under influence. I enjoyed it. <laughs> we need to be arrested. Some of us need to be arrested right now for our sins, don't we? Uh, thank you. But I got to thinking about that. I won't name that person who said, you know, I used to frequent that place. Oh, 
my God, God can change your life. Yes, he can. And, and so look, this was already happening at the ABC store. They're asking about the church. So what do you think is going to happen when we start praying around the clock? My God, God, God will use crazy stuff to confound the wise. The Bible says any two of you touching the green on anything that you ask, it shall be done. Talk about pray without ceasing. You want, you listen, ain't nothing like a midnight prayer meeting. I thank God for the praise team, but I've got a praise in me. I got a spirit in me that knows how to pray. My English runs out. I forget what to say sometimes. I'm doing more and more of that the older I get. I am now 64, be 65 in April. I can remember my mother praying in an old Baptist church. Scared me. But they sang those old hymns, old songs, and they called my mother up to pray. I said, oh, God. When she prayed, she prayed, fire down from heaven. Woo! Now, I don't mean to holler, but that's just in me. If I don't holler sometime, I'll burst. I'll just explode. She, she, she prayed with such fervency because we weren't poor. I didn't think we were poor, but I found out we were. <laughs> but ain't nothing wrong with being poor when you got God. You ain't poor, you rich. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. My God from Zion, I, I feel God up in here. This, this, oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's calm down, Mitch. This, this is what we see is good. This is God. Look at the condition of the world. If you could check the oil of the world right now, it's pretty low. About to run out. About to run out. I said of the world. But the anointing, the oil of the spirit. You can overfill that. Get that stick, that thing down there and come out too full. I want, I want to be too full. I want it pressed down, shaking together, running over in me. Now, you may see me stumble a little bit now, but you ain't seen me dance yet. My knees are worn out because of praising God. Ain't nothing wrong with praising God. Some of us ought to praise God more. There's power in prayer. Anybody believe there's power in prayer? I got 43 years almost of been talking to God and getting an answer. He answers me this way. Yes, no one wait a while. That's it. That's all I look for. Yes. No, and wait a while. And I've gotten used to that. He answers me sometime. Boom. Well, let, me, let me add on this, Mitch, where you're at. If you want to be more like this, be more in prayer. You know, if you want some more of that fire. And actually, last thought, because I didn't want to forget this. The last 24 hours of that prayer time is going to be in person. Because in case it wasn't clear, when you click on that link to sign up, that hour that you sign up for, you can be praying at your house, your drive to your work. You can come in to the church if you'd like to pray or on the trails back here. But specifically for that last 24 hours, which is going to be September 30th, which is a Saturday. This kind of worked out cool how God made this happen. That Saturday of 24 hours of prayer is going to end at the 10 a.m. October 1st Sunday a service that day. So if we're ready to see uh, the man, I, who knows what we're going to see exceedingly and abundantly what we could imagine. But 
We are looking for people. Do you remember the question Jesus asked? Could you not pray for even one hour? Okay, so that's an encouragement. We're September 3rd right now. This is the September challenge. So I want to encourage you, don't forget till next week, like, oh, should I sign up or not? Please take care of this today. Again, Todd is going to be out there helping anybody out. Okay, so right now, would you just repeat after me, and this will be our close out here. So say, in Jesus' name, I will pray without ceasing. I will rejoice continually. I will give thanks in all circumstances. I will pray like Jesus prayed. I will see results like Jesus saw. We bless this initiative. We bless Winston-Salem. And we say in Winston-Salem, as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.